Welcome, welcome to the Bro CR Supercast. Basically, a super cool podcast. See what we did there? <laughs> we discuss all things obstacle course racing, culture, and community that embodies it. From performing athletes, flashy new gear, and secret guacamole recipes. Yummy. We've got you covered, bro. Do you have questions? We want to find answers. Want to talk about running in the mud and your next big adventure? Cool. So do we. Now let's lace up those trail kicks and jump in the corral. The Supercast. The Supercast starts now. It's Thursday. Strap Happy on Thursday. Yeah, it's not Tuesday. It's not Tuesday. It's Thursday. We like to spice it up around here. We got a little weird this week uh, because <laughs> we had a million things planned for Tuesday. And guess what, Leah? Shit just kind of hit the fan off. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Guess what? People are busy. We had a lot of insiders right uh, right now, a lot of friends right now, getting ready for Jacksonville. Yeah, um, and we wanted to bring you the scoop on that, but come to find out, the scoop doesn't want to come out. Well, they're busy. Yeah. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of got their hands full putting on a race in the middle of, you know, a global pandemic. They and do. And, you know, people were taking bets whether or not Jacksonville was going to happen. And we are now, what, four days away? And I think it's going to happen. We're at one day away. It's going to happen tomorrow on Friday. Oh, yeah. Today's Thursday. It's Thursday. <laughs> Today's technically Thursday, and we're recording this on Wednesday. And right now, Yancey is just sitting somewhere in a hotel room or in a gym, just running circles about himself. <laughs> yes, yes. So before we get into this weekend, as always, our episode is brought to you by Vanga CBD. Um, CBD made by endurance athletes for endurance athletes, and not just athletes, but everyday people living their lives. You know, if you're dealing with some mood imbalances, if you're dealing with difficulty sleeping, you're trying to train harder, you want to recover, Venga's got a little bit of everything for you. There's three different products, the balm, the gel caps, and the gummies, which are my favorites. Um, check them out at vengacbd.com and save 15% with code BRUCR. You know, I, I cannot stress how great this company is, how great the things that we've done with them, and just how mm -hmm. honest and genuine these guys are. Mm -hmm. um, additionally, I mentioned a little bit in last week's episode, but we talk a lot in this week's episode. Um, you know, I had a lot of lab work done. I had a lot of tests done. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came back clean. And here's the thing, guys, as far as Vanga, it's clean. It's THC-free, and I've had great success with it. And I can say for just one here – I have tested clean on this stuff. Mm -hmm. So like Leah said, uh, code BROCR, save 15%. Check it out, guys. Without further ado, This Leah, week. This yeah. This week, we pull in Rebecca Hammond. Uh, Dr. Rebecca Hammond. I, you know, <laughs> Leah. Hey, she worked hard for those letters. Doc, Dr. Rebecca Hammond hard. is a recent graduate of Harvard Medical School. And when she's not at Harvard, she is out kicking in ass the and races, taking names. <laughs> totally kicking ass in the Spartan pro world, um, dominating races. We saw her just blast onto the scene um, and just really make a name for herself all while balancing medical school. Absolutely. Uh, and while that's going on, you know, um, you know, that little show that you guys got to play around with last year, Million Dollar Mile. 
Uh, she was yeah. the Harvard Hammer. She was the, like, pro side. I got to go as, you know, a lowly runner. She was the Little defenders. Chicky. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Becca is definitely a pretty badass chick. And so we brought her on here to talk about rhabdo and all kinds of medical education so we can all learn about what you've been through. Without further ado, let's kick it on over. And we are back here with Becca Hammond, total beast out on the course. Becca, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing better now. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm up. I'm running a little bit again. And uh, things are starting to look on the up and up. So, Becca, um, before we get started here, um, for the people that maybe don't know you, because you, you've kind of jumped on the scene here in the past two, three years here, really hardcore with Spartan, uh, why don't you give the people a little bit of background who you are outside of Spartan and within Spartan? Yeah, so my name is Rebecca Hammond. I am a native Californian who went, just finished at Harvard Medical School and started Spartan racing during my last year as a student there. And uh, got second at the World Championships in 2018 and have since been um, kind of dedicating more time to that um, before applying to residency in psychiatry. So I'm technically an MD and I am excited for today's episode. Fantastic. So you are officially Dr. Becca Hammond now, yes? Sure am. Sure awesome. am. I make everybody call me that. I make my parents call me that. Absolutely. As everybody should. I cannot imagine, first of all just medical school second of all harvard medical school and third of all while balancing it as being you know a professional athlete so awesome awesome job hats off (laughs) so the reason why we brought becca on this week um dr becca is because as we mentioned last week and as you guys have been you know seeing in the stories and, and jacob's post it's been an eventful what two weeks now Three weeks? Yeah, it's it's uh, coming up on, I'm finishing out uh, about two and a half weeks now. Um, so I came down with Rabdo. And um, actually, a lot of people reached out to me about this. And we've been trying to figure out the right way we kind of wanted to put this out there and talk about um, about getting sick. Because last year I came down with viral meningitis, as many people know. And it's I've kind of had a year here on my hands. Yeah, um, you're kind of falling apart there, buddy. <laughs> but um, it, it's I've learned a lot, and but the thing that really intrigued me here, and it was one of the reasons we wanted to pull in you, Becca, was to kind of talk about um, the workout itself, Murph. And right now, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of people in the CrossFit community because things are just nuts there right now. Right. Um, but the concept of the Murph. Now, Hunter broke the world championship. You, you're you're aware of Hunter breaking the world record. On, yeah. on this workout, Becca, yep. right? Yeah. Okay, so the workout traditionally, and I did it rx here, um, you know, it's it's you run a, you put on a 20-pound weight vest, you run a mile, you do 100 pu- pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats, you run another mile. You don't take the vest off. You do it strict, basically cash-in style. Once you're done with one of the workouts, you buy into the next one. Wait, when you say strict, um, you do the pull-up strict too? Yep. Yeah, the traditional workout, and you don't move on from one to the next. Some people, when they do the workout, they'll break it down. Like, I personally will break it down into, you know, 10 rounds. So, 10 pull-ups, you know, 20, and then 30, and then keep going. Right. But, but the, the pull-ups the, aren't tipping? 
well, it depends you can kip. Who you ask, I oh, guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So yeah. basically, be, because things are still in quarantine here, I and this is me here. I didn't have a pull-up bar, so I did it on a pergola. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. So I was I was ripping my hands up here on a mm-hmm. um, yeah basically on like a on a four by four inch post here that I was doing pull ups on. Dude, pergola, good vocab word. I learned that word like one month ago when I went to Maine and our Airbnb <laughs> was like turn after the pergola and we're like, what is a pergola? What is a pergola? Apparently, <laughs> oh my God. Thing. I've got a funny story about a gazebo later, but I'll oh. I'll save that. <laughs> <laughs> so before we. Before we go detailed into like the actual workout, Becca, can you give us just the 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 medical like what is rhabdo, what does it stand for, and what does it do? Right. So rhabdomyolysis, rhabdomyolysis. Um, rhabdo means rod, myo means like kind of muscle, and lysis means um, like breaking up. So rhabdomyolysis is the breakdown of um, rod-like muscle cells, so so skeletal muscle cells. Um, it happens when you like really work out way too hard, like so much that a bunch of your muscle cells lice or break down at once and release their contents into your bloodstream, and that can cause kidney damage. And it can also cause, um, if it's really serious, it can cause heart problems. But it's mostly the kidney damage that you worry about. Um, other things that cause rhabdo are like if you're uh, you pass out in the cold on the street. So like a lot of okay. times alcoholics will come into the hospital uh, with rhabdo because they've been passed out in the wintertime on the street because they're super tense. Um, you can get rhabdo if you have a seizure and all of your muscles tense up way too hard. If you get electrocuted, same reason because all of your muscles mm-hmm. tense up too hard. Um, yeah, those are pretty much the main um, causes of it. And the reason it's very is that kidney damage and that happens because your muscles release uh, your muscle cells release basically whatever's inside them the thing that damages your kidneys is is myoglobin so myoglobin is kind of like hemoglobin but in that it carries oxygen but what it does is it um it sort of stores oxygen in your cells so they can use them for later so it's kind of like an oxygen buffer so hemoglobin delivers oxygen from um like basically from your lungs through your blood and into your muscles onto myoglobin. And so when that myoglobin gets released, it goes in your blood or sorry, it goes, yeah, it goes in your blood and gets filtered out through your kidneys into your urine and it damages the kidneys in that process. So that's kind of the feared complication. Absolutely. So that, and that was, so we looked over a lot of things when I got my labs pulled and everything. I've, and basically in that week I had like probably like 10 different labs pulled and mo- so many, so many freaking tests because they were trying to figure out what happened. Um, but I started retaining water weight was the thing. That, that was another crazy thing. I, I gained probably, I would say 16 pounds, 16 to 20 pounds that week and just yeah. blew up, uh, just swelled up huge. And it was like, and being an athlete in the past, and um, we know our bodies pretty well. I would say all three of us are pretty familiar with, okay, I'm gaining some weight here. Okay, I feel weird. Something's off. So um, what's your – like, I mean, we've all gone through badass beast mode workouts, and we've had that feeling of exhaustion and, you know, muscle soreness the next day. Where do the warning signs come in? How long does it usually take for people to have, like, true danger warning signs? Yeah, so most of us don't get rhabdo. Like, generally, it's yeah. not. It doesn't. 
it's not common. It doesn't usually happen when you work out. So we're not exactly sure why some people get it and some people don't. It's you're probably at higher risk for it if you're um, dehydrated because your muscles are more likely to kind of get damaged. But um, it's not like it doesn't. It's not too common. So it's not something that you really need to be worrying about, um, like just in general as an athlete. But if you notice that your muscles are like seriously just like way too sore and you're super weak and it's like weaker than normal, it's not just like, oh, I'm sore, I'm weak. It's like, yeah. no, I like can't move much. And also if your urine turns brown, like not just kind of like dehydrated brown, but like brown, brown. Those are sort of yeah. the warning signs that you should get checked out. Is that what did you experience, Jacob? So basically I had the swelling. Um, I started having some discolor in my urination. It wasn't getting super dark yet. And I just, my, the big thing was the range of motion. Um, and I was trying to figure out, okay, either I'm really, really swollen and really, or I've hurt myself because I, at that point I couldn't touch my ears. Huh. Um, I could barely move my arms past 90 degrees. So this um, workout was on a Monday. When, this was on a Monday. How long did it take for you to I have didn't touch my, yeah, I didn't touch my ears until Thursday. Wow. Wait, so was this because your arms were like so swollen and tight? That or was part of it, but they were so they were sore, like they were the sorest they've probably been in years from workout. But I mean, they were so swollen too, right. that, and I was retaining fluid. It was so it was just wild. Um, and then I had like the darker urination, so I was like, okay, I need to start drinking some more water. I need to make sure I'm very well hydrated. And going back to your point here on this, you know, um, talking about like dehydration. I guarantee you during that workout that day, I had not drank enough water the night prior. It's really humid here in Indiana. I was sweating like crazy. Um, I was drinking water during the workout, but I guarantee you I was dehydrated going into the workout. Um, and it's just, it's just crazy stuff that this can happen so quickly. And the thing I guess to tell people about is how quickly rhabdo can become a very, very serious medical thing very quickly, especially with what you're discussing about the kidneys, Becca. So what's the what's the proper diagnosis? Is this a blood test? Is it a pee test? How do they determine? Yes, in fact, it's rhabdo. Becca. <laughs> so usually it's a blood test, and they look for a certain enzyme that's contained in your muscle. It's creatine kinase or CK, mm -hmm. and um, when that's elevated like a whole lot, that tends that's an indicator of muscle damage. And when it's elevated a whole 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 lot, it's like massive muscle damage, which tends to lead to which is rhabdo. Um, yeah. They also will look for um, like electrolyte um, dysregulation. So like if you have, you'll tend to have really high potassium because your muscles, your cells kind of store potassium. So when you have massive cell damage, they release that Releases potassium. It. Yeah. Exactly. And they can also do a urine test for myoglobin. So mm -hmm. the main thing is that the diagnostic for it though is the CK, that CK level. Yeah. So we checked my CK levels. We checked my um my myoglobin. So realistically, myoglobin levels are between like 20 to 60, right, Becca? If I'm, sure, I, sure. I'm, I might be asking some more. So to give some people out there um, some ideas of where I was at, and I, I, I did some research on this, and I, you know, I, I say research, I did fucking Google searches. <laughs> um, I don't want to act like I'm some freaking like <laughs> pro here. I googled this shit. <laughs> So my to give you an, uh, another idea, though, and I, something else I want to discuss with you on this was liver enzyme levels, Becca. Uh, have you looked at much on liver enzyme levels before with rhabdo? So I know that your AST levels can rise, and I think that's because AST is also in your muscles. Exactly. So that was the thing that really kind of threw me for a, 
a run here. So from from my Google searches, I learned that your AST and ALT levels, your AST levels do considerably go up there. It's like a 95% chance, and your AST levels, liver enzyme once again here, uh, it's like a 75% chance. So my liver enzymes levels was the first thing that we really caught because that was the first thing that we got back as far as my labs and just their their accessibility to testing. So traditionally, those levels are between like a lot of these levels are between like 20 and 60. Mine were about 2,500. Holy cow. So they thought yeah. that you had liver damage first went in because they probably didn't know. Or did yeah, they? exactly. And I was just like, no, I, I, think it, I think it's more. I think we need to get the myoglobin numbers. And they were like, well, maybe. I'm like, no, we, we need to check out the myoglobin numbers so we can check for Look revenue. Look at you. <laughs> um, Dr. Google. <laughs> Dr. Google. So... Kind of like 20 to 75. Mine were about 4,000. Goodness sakes. Um, but the thing that I didn't understand, though, so you hear like, oh, my God, I've got numbers that are like like a hundred times worse than what it should be prescribed as. Mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to die? <laughs> Can you die from rap, though? Is this a life-threatening thing, Becca? Um. So, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're like, you need your kidneys to survive. So if your kidneys get wiped, <laughs> you can die. Also, if you have, I don't, this doesn't usually happen, but if you have super, super high potassium um, and also really high calcium, which can happen from all those cells releasing all their gunk into your um, body, you can have heart arrhythmias. But mm-hmm. the other thing is you, you mentioned that you were super swollen and that's because when your muscles get super damaged, um, something called third spacing happens where fluid leaves your blood vessels and goes into the damaged tissue. So if that happens like too, like super extremely, it can happen so much that the pressure in that limb gets so high that compartment blood syndrome. Longer, exactly. Blood can no longer <laughs> enter and you get compartment syndrome. So that's the other feared complication. Um, and that's what I was yeah. afraid of really with the swelling was I was like, Oh my yeah. God, am I going to get compartment syndrome here? So yeah. what, what's, you know, we, we get the test, we, we get the diagnosis. How do how does rhabdo get treated? Right. So it's basically exactly what you were starting to do yourself. It's with rehydration, fluids and yep. electrolytes. Um, yeah. So then a lot of the times they'll IV you at that point. Um, and it kind of goes from there. They rehydrate you. They make sure you get electrolytes. Uh, Lee, I was going hardcore on your pickle juice, basically, to get more electrolytes okay. in my body. um you know Gatorade like a son of a gun um and because I was scared like I I was I have never been this swollen my entire life and to gain like 20 pounds in like three days I was like something is way way off here and I after seeing what some of the things happened with compartment syndrome guys it's scary shit (laughs) so um but to get to go back to my numbers again real quick, I want to make a point here for people to get like a baseline here of an idea. Some of these like when you see some of these rhabdo numbers, I was seeing up towards even 10,000 for some of the counts on this stuff when you would see like super liver failure. Yeah. Um, and that was just it, it's so crazy to even think like where I was at. I was like, man, but rhabdo cases can go from like something where I had where I believe it was more of a mild case. But there's so many things that can go wrong. Right, Becca? Right. Yeah. So, uh, if somebody has had rhabdo, does that is there any indication that that makes it more likely to happen again? Is someone more susceptible than somebody else? 
I mean, if you've had it, then yeah. I mean, because rhabdo is sort of an unlikely thing, like it doesn't happen to everybody. If you've Mm -hmm. had it, it probably means that you are more susceptible in general. I mean, it's not, doesn't mean that you're going to get it again, but I would, I would just say that, yeah, you know, it's something you can think about in the future. Definitely keep there on the plate. Um, yeah, so so I guess this kind of brings me to the next the big question here. So after I came out and talked about this, after I kind of brought this out here uh, for my story, I had about five or six other people reach out to me saying talking about this workout specifically. Really? And yeah, and that that really like is is you know Murph a rhabdo machine? Is that like something that happens? But I had I had a very very big group of people come out to me and say you know I got this I got it too in in some way shape or form from a Memorial Day workout doing Murph or just doing a Murph. Um, so I guess from your perspective here, from a you know you've you're obviously a high end Spartan Race Pro team member, um, and I it sounds weird but like in the mixture of this workout doing it as prescribed. Looking from a physiological standpoint, Becca, how do you feel about like a workout like this where you're blowing out your arms and kind of recirculating things from a blood perspective? Yeah, I mean, basically, it's a workout where people really push themselves hard and for a sustained period. So I would say that and with CrossFit, too, like you, we tend there is probably a rise in uh, in uh, rhabdo cases in the U.S. when CrossFit started, because in general, it's. Yeah, it's like it's like everybody it's like somebody who might not be super accustomed to during doing endurance or high intensity training now suddenly doing like pushing themselves to their max. So yep. CrossFit sort of by definition pushing yourself to your max and Murph is one of the more extreme workouts. So that's, you know, those two things together. I mean, also the fact that you're doing it for time, maybe people aren't drinking water and the time of year it happens, it's summertime, so you might be more dehydrated. All of those things kind of make you more likely to um, yeah, to be unlucky and get rhabdo. Plus you throw on a weight vest, which the average person does not typically train with on a regular basis. So, you know, I think. Throws your body out of whack there a little bit. Yeah, it's like the perfect storm of all these extra variables that just, you know, it's not traditionally a super long workout in duration, but it's just such an intense time, you know, in that time frame. Yeah. And that was one of the things that they actually talked about. Um, my my gastro on f- last Friday mentioned. He said, you know, realistically, I think you just put your body, your your liver specifically, into shock here, mm-hmm. and you shocked certain portions of your body. Um, now, Becca, I, I I know some things about like shock and hypothermia. I don't know so much things as organ shock. Can you describe some of that to me? Or yeah, so I mean. I mean, like shock in general just means like low blood flow to that organ. So if you're if all your fluids are going into your damaged muscle tissues, they're no longer in your blood. So you might get less blood flow to your organs, for example, just because there's just less volume in your veins. Um, Also, I mean, I I don't actually know too much about. Did you did you learn anything about the liver damage with rhabdo or what did you learn? So from the liver damage, realistically, I understood my and I once again, I, I've never had an issue like this. So I'm still trying to learn as much as possible here. But like my enzyme functions, my AST and my ALT, um, you need those obviously to to process things and process uh, fluids and food in your body. Um, but they can become inflamed just very similar to your kidney damage and you can have liver damage. Um, we actually discovered continuing on here then, um, I actually have, um, we're, we're still doing some more numbers and I'm getting numbers pulled tomorrow 
on fatty liver for me. Um, so we think I have hereditary fatty liver, which is a new whole nother thing I've got to start watching for you. <laughs> Wait, did you discover that because of the rhabdo or before that? Because of the rhabdo, we discovered that. Okay, so you do, but the doctor, like, it is, your muscles do contain AST and ALT. Like, there's a yes. lot of AST in your muscles, so that could be from your muscles also, but, yep. yeah. Okay. So my, to, to give people an idea here, and also, like, as far as recovery, one week later uh, from those numbers, I had dropped about 2,000 points. So my, um, my AST levels from 2,200 were about 200 as of last Thursday. Yeah, of last Thursday. Um, like I'm sure. Oh, man. Yeah, but it's it was one of those things that are like, okay, well, you know, just drink water and you know, it should go back to normal. I'm like, well, how quick is it going to go back to normal? Was kind of the thing that I started asking. Yeah. Um. So a lot of stuff going on there, but yeah, the fatty liver eventually too. I'm going to have to start watching a little bit too because none of us are getting younger. <laughs> yeah, I would still guess that the AST and ALT are from your muscles. Just okay. It's because it's, it's a common thing that those get way out of whack, and it's a common thing that doctors will like tend to worry about the liver when actually it's just the rhabdo, the muscles. Interesting. See, yeah, I, I had no idea about that until right now. Yeah. Interesting. But I, mean, I think yeah. it's good to point out that, you know, this isn't – a super common thing, you know, I, I was and talking with Jacob over the past two weeks. I'm like, Oh God, like I had, you know, a crazy workout the other day. I'm like, Oh God, take it easy, Leah. But you know, it's not common, but it is serious. And it's something that you, you know, need to take serious if you start showing signs from. Totally. So it's really, I mean, really what it is, is it's just a sign that you need to listen to your body. And while it's, you know, great to learn how to push yourself, it's, I mean, it's it's just like if you start up running suddenly with a, you know, if you went from zero to a 10 mile run at threshold effort, like you're going to mm-hmm. break your body, you know? So it's, it's kind of like, you just got to listen to your body and take care of it. So you got to make sure you're hydrated. You got to make sure you're not transitioning too quickly into too high intensity of workouts. It's, and, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the lesson because, and because rhabdo isn't super common and it's not, it's probably not going to happen to most people listening to this, but um, you know, it does happen and that's, it's just, yeah, it's because you did too much. Awesome. Well, I think it's important, you know, anything that, you know, we can do, and that's like why we wanted you on here because, you know, you obviously know this stuff and it's important that people have an idea of, you know, the risks. I mean, we, we all joke around all the time about, yeah, signing death waivers and doing dangerous shit. Nothing bothers us, but you know, you still got to be realistic about stuff. So we totally. appreciate it. Yeah, I've seen rhabdo in a patient who <laughs> went from being stationary to taking one spinning class, you know, and that oh, led to rhabdo. So it's like it can happen with different levels right. of things depending on your body's context. Absolutely. And that was the thing that kind of like got me because it was like I'm traditionally I'm in pretty decent shape. I would say I'm capable of doing something like that. But it was one of those things that like this just kind of threw me for a loop here and I pushed a little bit too hard and the one of the things that I was talking to some of my friends like I've done way dumber stuff (laughs) I've done done such dumber stuff but um it seems for some reason for me like like in my backyard this is where I got bit by the mosquito last year too and I I got meningitis and got West Nile and it's like there's something about working about my backyard that just it gets me (laughs) about that backyard that's the real take-home I guess so I guess Fix so. the muddy, dirty, you know, pee-filled dunk walls that you're safer there. 
Oh my God. <laughs> Another really weird question I want to bring up here with you, Becca, though. So as we talked a little bit before, last year I got viral meningitis. Do you think one year later from viral meningitis, this has compromised my immune system somehow or done something weird from a blood level to, to make it easier for me to get rhabdo? I mean, totally. Like you had, you got really sick, you know, and that, that, um, that like, right, that damaged your body, you know? So it, it kind of, it moved your body's baseline and made it more susceptible to kind of just getting hurt, you know? I mean, I don't have any specific answer for that, but just in general, you got really sick and it yeah. takes your body a while to heal from that. And so I'm guessing, I'm guessing that this while not being directly caused by your meningitis is related with that meningitis body yeah put you at risk for this yeah uh it sucks so bad though because it's like i was talking to some guys at world's toughest mutter last year that had came down with viral too um, and i had viral pretty rough it was not pretty um but like they said realistically you feel you start to feel like yourself about a year after and i was like oh that's that is not what i wanted to hear and like realistically ever since i could walk again I, or like, I just kept thinking about like that one year, one freaking year. It seems just so far away. <laughs> oh my God. Right. So, it's, it's all sorts of special. Um, it's really but, hard to understand what it's like to be sick when you're healthy. <laughs> like it's so hard to like conceptualize that, you know, like that, that suffering, it freaking sucks. Yeah. yeah. You've, de- you've dealt with some injuries over the past year or two, haven't you? I mean, you came out with a force and then I know you were dealing with Achilles issues. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Definitely being injured gives you an appreciation for health, but mm-hmm. I mean, being sick, like that's a whole other thing, you know, like, like yeah. having a musculoskeletal injury is one thing, but like freaking having meningitis and like, you know, neurologic complications, like that's a whole different horse. Yeah. yeah. The neurologic stuff was it. Some, some days I still have a battle with that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to to lie to our listeners yeah. some days it's I have yeah. better days than others um but yeah um so I, I guess that's really yeah. the majority of what we wanted to talk about um, other than that how's life how was Colorado yeah. you just came back from Colorado Becca yeah Colorado was lovely oh my gosh it's so nice to be in a beautiful place with other people who train etc like my life in Boston so I'm my boyfriend is a medical resident in Boston and when I'm mm-hmm. here I stay in his a basement level apartment and like you know I work out and then do stuff while he's at work but it's so different from being in a place where you're in the beautiful mountains and everybody else is doing the same thing that you're doing so it's it was mm-hmm. it's so fun and I think I'm I'm probably gonna live there most of the time this coming year well that's where everybody oh, fun. it's like the who's who of OCR <laughs> is out in, in Boulder yep it's yep. quarantine life and everybody just chills out in Boulder <laughs> Seriously, Boulder's starting to open up sooner than other places, so it's really, it's quite fun. So what about you? What are your, I mean, obviously, God only knows what's going on with the sport and racing. Yeah, what are your next big plans here? What's your focus? Yeah, so I hear through the grapevine slash the internet slash Nicole Merkel, that, who's my source of news, because I'm too lazy to look for it myself, that the next Spartan race, uh, competitive Spartan race, is probably going to be West Virginia at the end of August. Yep. So that's where my sights are set, and so I'll train for that. For you. you know, you're familiar with the course, and you've done well there in the past, so, you know, hats off. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, I, I find that 
like when I found that when all of these races were canceled, I was sort of relieved. So that's part of what this whole COVID thing helped me decide that helped me realize like, oh, it's time for me to apply to residency. I, I miss intellectual stimulation. I really want to do psychiatry because like during this whole time off, I've been um, kind of moving into the life coaching world and realized that I really love that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I have an MD. I could go, I could get trained in psychiatry and be able to do this to another level. So absolutely. So it's been pretty exciting, but yeah, but realizing that I was kind of relieved that the races were gone made me think about that. I was like, Hmm, I don't actually have to do this if I don't want to. So, you know, I think realistically this season has done that to a lot of people and just kind of helped us prioritize and look at the grand scheme of things again. Totally. I think it's been like that for everybody, like in, across all industries, like everybody's kind of questioned what it is that they want in life, what it is that they want to do, because this has really shaken things up. I mean, also for our country, like it's, it's, oh, kind yeah. Of, it, yeah, it's made us question all the things that are sort of arbitrary things that we thought we had to do before, but actually we don't. So, you know, one of the simple things for me right now, so our company is on a 20% less time, uh, time and pay cut right now. So I just take Fridays off. Nice. And, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Can't, I can't explain how nice it is to have like the money. Yeah. Okay. Money's money. But man, having a three day weekend every weekend is okay. so freaking nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm awesome. in the mental health world myself. So my days have not gotten better. <laughs> so it's just. Gosh. It's <laughs> yep. Well. I said, we, we definitely appreciate you, you joining us and, and helping us out with this. And, um, if people have any specific questions or they want to contact you, what's, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So you can slide into my DMS on Instagram and my Instagram is at Beckham B as in basketball, E as in erythrocyte, C as in cat, C as in Kathy with a C, H (laughs) as in handball. A as in, uh, what's a weird A word? Armadillo. Um, armadillo. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> M-M, anyway. <laughs> but you can also email me <laughs> at, um, at uh, Rebecca Ming Hammond uh, at gmail.com or whatever. You can contact me. You'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. But wait, wait, before, before we end the podcast here, mm-hmm. this is an old story. Cause I told you guys I have a gazebo story. Oh, oh right. okay. So waiting. gazebo story. So we can still have this in the podcast though. Cause this is good. <laughs> All right. So this is a random piece of fact from super nerd, Jacob Bosecker, um, back playing like magic, the gathering in his parents' basement. Oh, boy. But, the first game of Dungeons and Dragons ever played. There is a long-standing joke about a gazebo. So it's like, you know how Dungeons and Dragons works. So are you guys familiar? Uh huh. A bunch uh, of yeah. nerds and, and you know Funyuns and Mountain Dew and telling a story. So they're they're sitting around at this big like convention and they're like seeing the first game of Dungeons and Dragons played and they're like, all right, well you you come into this grassy knoll and in the middle of the grassy knoll there is a gazebo. And this guy's like, all right, well, I draw my sword. And they're like, what, what does the gazebo do? He's like, it, the gazebo does nothing. <laughs> He's like, all right, well, I charge at the gazebo. What, what happens? Nothing, nothing. <laughs> Did you know what the hell a gazebo is? And it was eventually like, it's become this big thing in the, in that community. It's like, nobody knows what a gazebo is. <laughs> so, oh. 
That's your nerd lesson for the day, y'all. That's your Jacob. I don't understand why it was funny. Was it just funny because some people don't know what a gazebo is? I think that is. I think that was that. (laughs) I think it's one of those you had to be in a nerd and had to have been there to get it kind of thing. Yeah. That was it. That was really it. Somebody didn't know what a gazebo was. And we got to talk about pergolas. Anyway, Becca, thank you for putting up with (laughs) pergolas are awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining (laughs) Thank you guys so much. What is a gazebo? (laughs) What is a gazebo? Well, apparently Dungeons and Dragons nerds know. <laughs> uh, it's it's like a trellis thing that you can sit in. I always imagine like it in the middle of a park and like you yeah, have like maybe like a band. Yeah, you get married in <laughs> and it's got like the little roof and no sides. There you go. Fair enough. Well, sometimes there's like a banister railing. I guess. <laughs> so anyway, guys, um, it's race week. <laughs> yeah, it's officially race week. It looks like Jacksonville is in fact happening. And it's one of those, like, it, it kind of reminds me of the kid that, you know, has $5 and goes in the candy store and is like, I want one of these and one of these and one of these and one of these because we've got the Spartan trail race. race we've tomorrow night. Got we've got the, the trail deca, race. Deca mile. <laughs> right. We've got the deca mile. We've got the deca gym competition. We've got a little bit of everything. And as much as we can possibly cram in, because God knows when we're going to have the next one. Well, and they've had a lot of hurricane heats. Like I made, I made um, an announcement yeah. this week, just an update piece about hurricane heats are happening all over. Yep. But like Becca said, we don't have a real race until the end of August now, uh, where right. we have everything in West Virginia and Utah the same day. Yeah. No, did you? I thought Utah might have. Oh, I think it pulled out of the series. Something just happened with Utah, but. I've not checked the series today. Um, yeah, but I know something that, just happened, but West Virginia okay. is where it's at. West Virginia is going to be the, the rodeo that everybody wants to go for. Right. Um, so, yeah, aside from that, though, um, there was an announcement that August 22nd, uh, Tough Mudder will be having a virtual Tough Mudder now. Tougher Mudder. Tougher because they canceled, I think, I think since Chicago. our last podcast, I can't even keep track of the days. Toughest Mudder, the one and only toughest in America, has been canceled. Um, so it looks like for Tough Mudder, really, the big rodeo, if it happens, is going to be world's toughest. WTM, baby. So stay tuned to see if that happens. But as of now, I guess that's kind of where we're moving that brand towards. Goodness. Oh, goodness. All right. But one race Um, at a time. And it looks like something's happening this weekend. So we will all just have to hope and pray that it goes off well and that it can possibly be the snowball starting of some more stuff coming. We will see. We will see how, you know, what this does realistically. Additionally, though, I do want to go ahead and reach out. There is one race that I did not talk about this week in updates, though. Hmm. Uh, Savage Race. Oh, yeah. They're having a Chicago event. So, yeah, everybody else in Chicago is, you know, canceling. But it sounds like Savage is the most hopeful for the soonest Illinois event. So, again, hoping that that snowball kind of gathers some steam. But Savage in July. I love me some Savage. It's been a it's been a hot second since I've done a Savage race. You know, Savage races, in my opinion, are probably just the perfect blend of race it's not too long it's not too short there's just enough obstacle difficulty yet it's still hard enough 
Um, it's just a really good race put on by really good people and just fun and different obstacles. You know, I've said probably in this episode 50, I can't even know how many times, like genuine and authentic people. Mm -hmm. But I always just go back to that video of Sam Abbott and just talking about how he had to cancel races. And, like, it hurts your soul. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And to see them starting to fire it up a little bit, man, it makes me excited for Sam. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a good thing for you, buddy. Savage Um, is one of those races where, you know, it is – it's, it's a larger race series, but it's still a family. It's still a small group of just kick-ass people trying to do good. It absolutely is. And I'm so excited to see them starting to put some stuff on the calendar again. Additionally, Leah, did you watch the interview with um, with OCR Nation and, uh, and Adrian? Yes. Yeah, so it sounds like everything is still, right now, yep. as of now, still on the plan, still moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's going to be first a fall week season. in October. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. I hopefully, hopefully, I, I hope it happens. I hope it's gorgeous, and I hope we have a damn good time. Um, We're just going to put the good juju out in the world and think only the it, finest make it of happen. jujus. Only, only the, finest. the finest, and <laughs> we're just going to put it out there and think it into reality. Absolutely, absolutely. I am. Oh God, I miss Vermont. And, but I will say this though, Leah. Like hmm. this has really made me put things in perspective as far as slowing down mm-hmm. this year. And it's just going to make those times like Indian mud run or that I get to see people like Ian Hosick or Becca out there again. Like it's going to mm-hmm. make it that much more special. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm just really looking forward to that stuff. Well, I think we've all experienced the, you know, race overload where we've just been all about quantity and, you know, this year is definitely going to be quality and, Enjoying the things that we are able to do, however many or few that is, and just, you know, have a good, fun season, whatever that Absolutely. may be. Absolutely. Whatever that season even looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was even a race down here in Nashville this weekend, and like my, like kind of Becca was saying here offline, like just get better. And that's mm-hmm. realistically what I need to be doing right now. Absolutely. Um, and that's really what I'm focusing on. Um and it sucks because slowing down, nobody nobody wants to slow down. Nobody, nobody likes to... it, but now's as good of a time as any. I suppose so. I suppose so. Um, Leah, any shout outs this week? Um, you know, shout out to everybody who is getting back out there. You know, it, it sounds like things are slowly starting to reopen. Gyms are reopening. Um, running groups are getting back together. So, you know, good job on everyone just getting through I'm hoping the toughest part and getting back out there. Absolutely. You know, that community is so important. Actually, I'm really excited next week and pulling in some people that have went and ran Jacksonville. Yeah. Talk a little bit about it. That'll be really fun to to hear. Um, you know, I've already talked to my buddy, Scott, the finals. (laughs) (laughs) He's going down. Another Georgia boy. Oh yeah. Good old Scott, the final. He's from Florida. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Well, he's always here. Oh, yeah, of course he's always there. He's, he's Scott. <laughs> he's <laughs> always he's, here. But, yes, oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, I want to do a, I want to do a quick shout-out to um, and the, the podcasting community, actually, here. Um, while everything's been going on here, actually, some of the guys from Obstacle Running Racing Adventures um, mm-hmm. have reached out to me. And, of course, Scott, my friends there with um, uh, Josh Chase and a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, there's just some fun things coming out here in the next few weeks. But 
you know, the guy, the people that reach out in that community, you know, guys, thank you. The, the community is just such a cool thing. And like, I've been integrating back into work. I've been way overstressed and like still in my head, like the virus, viral meningitis thing's still there. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to like recover from that. And then, you know, global pandemic, new father, and, um, you <laughs> it's know. It's been a little bit of a stressful year, I'd say. It's, it's been something. And I can't believe that, realistically, um, you know, a year ago, this was the Ohio weekend for me. Mm-hmm. And things have been popping up in my news feed, and I'm just like, I cannot believe a year ago was the last time I ran a Spartan Ultra. Yeah. And that was realistically the last time I really ran and competed in a Spartan race was over a year ago. And... That's, I, I guess that's really weird for me in my head, like, to process. But, yeah. But anyway, I just wanted to say thank you to all the people in the community and all my friends and the people that make this community everything that's that it is. Um, you guys make it. You guys are all special. And I can't wait to be there at start lines with you guys and cheering people on and racing next to you. So I guess that's all I, I got like here, realistically. Yeah, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, like, share, comment, all that good stuff. And good luck to all those racing in Jacksonville. And we can't wait to hear about it. And we'll catch you all next week. Absolutely. We'll see you guys out there on the course. Take care. This has been the Bro CR Supercast, powered by Bro CR Media. We always love reviews. Oh, and shout outs too. Want to be on the review? Drop us a line. We know there are other obstacle course racing podcasts out there, but you choose to laugh with us for a while. So, thanks. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. And thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. And bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. 